0: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: It is 5.13 p.m. Eastern on January 13th, 2021, and this is an emergency, massive emergency Locked On Pacers podcast because Victor Oladipo has officially been traded from the Indiana Pacers to the Houston Rockets for... Karis LeVert and a second round pick. I'm Tony East. I cover the Pacers for Forbes in the West Indianapolis Community News. We're going to break that down. Joining me to discuss the Depot trade, my co-host Adam Friedman, who covered the Pacers for IndyCorneros.com. Adam, before we really dig in here, Karis was the guy we liked all summer when Depot had no value. So what were your initial reactions when you heard about the trade? Well, uh, five years later, they got him back. <laughs> <laughs> they if did. Know what I'm refer- referring to is
0: in 2015, 2016, maybe 2016. One of those two years, they traded uh, that. Basically, they traded their 22nd overall pick that became Karis Levert for Thaddeus Young. Um, so they got him back. Um, no, my my first real serious thought was, man, in one month he went from zero value to a legitimately real value, like a player who was legitimately good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so the, 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 if we're going to flip this with Karras and Depot, right? Depot, all offseason, the reporting was he had zero value. And we talked about Karras and the Nets as a potential landing spot for Depot because that felt like kind of the best young, attainable player at the time. And then Vic came in this, and then it turned out that probably was, was not possible. Then Vic comes in this season, professional, doesn't talk about maybe not wanting to be here long term, doesn't talk about his free agency very much or his contract situation and just played well. He played very well actually, honestly through his eight or nine games this year. I can't exactly remember. I think it was uh, nine got his trade value to a reasonable point. And then the, the bigger part here that we're not going to talk about at all is this is the James Harden trade, right? James Harden goes to the nets, all these pieces move and the Pacers jump in. So Vic's not going to the nets. He's going to the Rockets and Karras is coming to the Pacers, but Vic by playing well, and not acting in the way honestly that James Harden or kind of Paul George did got his value to a point where the Pacers could get to the, the guy of Levert's level and make this trade happen. And I'm gonna monologue a little too long here, Adam. Sorry about that. But we we kind of both had discussed all season. Adam literally texted me yesterday about a fake depot trade.
0: Yeah, day. you know, you you
1: dismissed me at hand.
0: I said, I well, dismiss- well, what
1: could we get to Vic
0: now? And you're just like, <laughs> why well, are talking about this right now? Turling the season. I'm like, Adam right.
1: was on it. But to me, I, You know, even if he was really good, the conundrum was, well, he's probably not going to be on the team past the trade deadline. We talked about that all offseason. So, to get Karras now, to make this deal while Depot's still playing well, I think it's a pretty good deal. And my initial reaction was to feel like the Pacers did a pretty good job here.
0: Yeah, you have to go by the assumption that two things. Either Vic was out the door come whenever free agency. 100%. It's August. I I would say July 1, but I know it's not July. So, whenever the August free agency would be this summer. Or... The other time that he was going to make thirty to thirty five million dollars, which at the same time could be almost unreasonable or outside the Pacers' willingness to pay him, basically because it puts him in a luxury tax. They can't contain, they can't um, re-sign the McDermott or any other players. It basically like would lock them into the current basically top eight minus McDermott, who's free agent this summer. Um, so you have to go on one of those two assumptions, and when you do both those things, trading for LeVert, who has a little bit lower of a contract, he makes about eight, 17 to eighteen. Um, 17 and a half this year, 18 next year. I think, or 17 and a half ne- next year, and 18 the following year. Um, and Vic. And on top of that, you add the fact that he is a 18 point a game scorer, and everything else, it, it basically turns into a pretty positive move. And he's younger, he fits the pacers' timeline better. He's just a year or two older than than both uh Turner and Sabonis. Brogdon's only, you know, a couple years older than him. Like it just kind of all works together and it, it's It's a remarkable turnaround, I think, from what his big value was. I think clearly big value had increased a decent amount when the season started, but you would think a guy, an expiring contract, who you would say probably wanted out, so like he was gonna prison anyways, and he might still go sign someone else's offseason that you couldn't really get much for him. But the Rockets don't really want, you know, they really desperately wanted somebody they could claim to be a star, I think was part of it to play next to Wall. And the other part of it is they is they, were des- they had to get rid of Harden, so this is what you do when you're sort of stuck in a corner, basically.
1: Yeah, the Rockets get to save their money that their owner so desperately wants to save. Yeah, Karras is, is lighting it up this year. He just had a 43-point game five days ago, actually, at the time of recording this on the 8th. Uh, aver- the thing about Karras, uh, his scoring's right up there with Depot. Is a little less efficient, but he's has an insane usage rate this season with Kyrie missing a ton of time with Kevin Durant out for COVID. Right, you've you've seen a lot of Karis Levert for this Nets team, and that's gonna raise his his and scoring numbers because he has the ball a lot. So I would not expect him to maintain either the eighteen or the six. Come to the Pacers, but maybe fifteen and five seems more reasonable. But we'll get to that. His efficiency will go up there. But you know, he's he's close right now in terms of skill level to Oladipo. I think, you know, he was better than Vic last year for sure. Vic was pretty awful last season, and Vic yeah. was better this year. So I think on a talent scale, that's a good move. He fits a nice position of needs since he can play the two and the three. He's six foot six. So, you know, he's kind of like Justin Holiday size, maybe a little bulkier than that. And he's just a skilled guy. He's not really bad at anything. I think that allows him to be developed well with a Nate Bjorkren system. Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing how he can fit with this Pacers team. And the other thing you said, his age and contract are nice. They line up well with where the Pacers are at right now. So Karis, 26 years old and has three more years on his deal I think it's like 16 17 18 million for the next three years so that lines up with Sabonis that lines up with Turner Warren Brogdon he's got the same general contract time as those guys right so you're gonna see Karis grow with this core see how he can fit in at this new time since he's only 26 he's entering his prime about right now you know maybe the Pacers have a whole new coaching staff and player development so it's going to be different development that they've had in the past, but seeing how he can grow both as a player and with the rest of the players on the Pacers will be something very interesting to see. But I think that, you know, the timeline fit makes it good.
0: Yeah, and we don't really know what his um, ceiling is. You know, you talk about his use rate being high this year. I mean, the one thing I'm looking forward to is he will probably get a good run with the bench unit. This will help kind of um, spell some of Malcolm Brogdon's high minute totals right now. Um, I think we're waiting for Goga to return to finally – that will help maybe reduce bonus minutes a little bit once that happens. But uh, this should really help Pacers who are – basically playing Brogdon at like 37 minutes a game. And that's just like unsustainable. I mean, I I will say that even if it, even it could happen, but like, honestly, I don't think Brogdon can play that many minutes and stay healthy the whole season. So having a guy who can play back to backs, who is young, um, it's going to help with that for sure. A ton, you know, and somebody maybe they think they can trust. I mean, we've seen him, you know, with his Brooklyn team when he has played, you know, he has been hurt the past two seasons. So that is something to watch. He had, you know, he played 45 games last year and 40 before that. But if he can maintain, um, can stay healthy and stuff like that. I mean, he can really help with that. And I think we just don't know where he's going to go from here. I mean, he's played on a lot of different iterations of Brooklyn, right? So, you know, he was on the Daniel Russell team in eighteen nineteen. Then last year he was on that Kyrie team where Kyrie kind of didn't play. And this year's with, with KD. So he's played a good player, so that's helped him. But, I, I mean, at 26, he's we just don't know, like, you know, if he's playing next to a totally different lineup, is he going to be able to be even better? And so, I mean, this is more a, a, a bet on kind of a future move where I think with Vic, you know, we – We've watched him play for 10 games and he's been, or nine games, sorry. And he's been definitely good, if not even borderline at times, like, you know, exciting to not like great, but like just really, really solid. But I don't think Karis Avert is like a drop-off at the moment. And we've seen they can win without Vic. they you know, they beat Boston without Vic. They beat Golden State last time without Vic. Like, there's not this, like, he's not as, like, important to this team as he was before the injury. And so you kind of just slot Karis right into that spot. And you might be even a little better just because he might, you know, he just might he's younger and might stay a little healthier.
1: Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the injury stuff definitely is something to mention with Karis. 40 games two years ago, 45 games last year, and 57 games. His rookie year only reached 60 games one time in his uh, four years before this. So the Pacers are all in on uh, getting guys who are undervalued due to injuries with Warren and Brogdon and Lavert on this roster. But if they can get him healthy, um, yeah, I agree with everything you just said. I think growing him from his age will be interesting. So I kind of want to go to the value here um, yeah. in general as a pivot. Do you think that that Oladipo's trade like like I had pretty differing replies on Twitter. Sorry, I'm kind of scatterbrained at the moment. Um, I would kind of varied replies on Twitter of some people who thought it was really good, some people who didn't like it as much, and the second round pick is nothing. It's probably the Cavs' like worst second round pick they can trade or whatever. But you know. I think that, for me, and this is what I put in my first three-tweet thread and my reaction to this, is uh, the emotional side kind of gets in the way of Oladipo's value to me because, first of all, the 2017-18 season was one of the most fun Pacers seasons ever, even though they lost in the first round. Vic just surprised everybody. They blew expectations out of the water. They almost upset the Cavs. Vic was doing the This Is My City stuff, and he was really popular and then totally fell out in everybody's graces. But that, combined with him – being okay, or at least pretty good this year, still being positive around his teammates and things like that, you know, kind of made everybody be like, oh, Vic's good again, maybe this value be up. And the emotional attachment was there. From a raw player value standpoint of a guy who probably wasn't going to be on the team past the trade deadline on an expiring deal, coming off a huge injury, who wasn't that good last year, if you just suck all that into a vacuum and you pump it out and get Carousel Vert back, I think that is a pretty good value.
0: Yeah, they capitalized on the Rockets' desperation, right? I guess. Like, honestly, if if you're looking, like you said, at that kind of prism, the Rockets would rather have Karis LeVert. (laughs) But because they're losing a marquee star, they wanted to bring someone who had star-like they tended to sell, right? Honestly, trading for Vic is the Rockets trying to sell their fan base that we're not giving up on the season. Right. Carousel Avert does, doesn't sell the tickets away. Old Depot does. But for Pacer fans – anyway, there's no tickets this season, so that really shouldn't matter. But, you know, you you kind of get what I mean. For Pacer fans, though, we become accustomed to the Pacers without Vic, right? His team's, this team has this year really become Brogdon. It's a bonuses team. And you could even say Turner in some way because Turner, you know, after the whole trade in December has come out and played like, I mean, just blowing expectations out, out, out of the water this year, frankly, defensively, and been a very solid offensive player in a way where, like, of him work together. That's, that's, that's like a future that could work together. So it feels like those three guys are the center of the team. And Vic was kind of just the guy on the edges, right? Where if yeah. he could have a 11 point spurt, it was great, but it was like a luxury. Right. And then Warren got hurt. So Vic had kind of felt a little more role, but that was kind of the thought. I mean, you But like on the, on paper, you would say, of course, he'll take Karis, who doesn't have a major knee injury. Isn't frustrated with the front office on a cheaper contract and averaging about the same. I mean, you literally look at their, their splits. Vic is, 20 points per game on 42% from the field and 36 from three. Levert is 18 and a half points per game on 43% from the field and 35 from three. I mean, it is like near identical. They're shooting both 16 plus shots per game. I mean, it's just, it's, it's identical when you get the cheaper and younger player and the guy who's a little bigger, who can play a little different defense. And yep, it just, it just makes a lot of sense. And you, with Levert, you still don't know what he can be because he's, Still so developing, Vic. It's always going to be chasing what he was, right? It's always like, can he get back to that? Where Lavert kind of brings in this new kind of energy of like, oh, could he be a little, even a little better? And he kind of, you know, we talked about to be good in the in the Eastern Conference, in this league, you need dominant kind of forward guard players, and Lavert is one of those players, right? He he's a little, you know, he's not quite like the six eight, typical small forward, but he, you know, he is of that stature, and maybe he continues to develop and becomes really good, and you pair him with Warren and stuff like that, and just it all kind of works.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think another thing too, this is pretty small, but you mentioned his size. Pacers wing depth is pretty low this year, right? They, they've been forced to throw Keelan Martin in games at times because they just haven't had the guys with Lamb out, with Warren out to, to have wings. So to get a guy to maybe not position of need, that's a little extreme. This Pacers team has guys who can kind of fill in at various positions, but to get a wing-sized guy who's under contract for that long is also really good to me. That's a, you know, one of the most in-demand positions in the league. He can play two through four. I think that adds to his value a ton, too.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm interested to see how they – so I, I assume the way the lineup will go is he'll slot in and they'll go for basically, I guess, Sumner started last night, but it was kind of Aaron Holland in that spot. So I assume he'll slot in for that spot, and you'll get a lineup, at least right now until Lamb returns or until Warren comes back, which probably won't be for a while anyways. You'll get a lineup of Brogdon, Levert, Justin Holiday, Turner Sabonis. But I do wonder if you see a lot more um, – Levert, Turner, Levert, Sabonis kind of line up with the benches just because, like I said, they they need to bring Brogdon's minutes down. I mean, they just do. And they, and so I I wonder if we'll see some of that. And at the same time, it just sort of, um, because he can play back-to-backs. I mean, I, I, you know, I know the back-to-back thing is, it makes sense, but we were kind of talking about it. I mean, I joked with you, right? The first thing that would be complained this center when Vic left would be, the first thing out of players mouths would be, you know, this little sniping athletic article or J. Michael article. I All had right. a joke last night. would be Vic didn't play back-to-backs. So he got superstar treatment even though he wasn't really a superstar, right? And he really is not a superstar. He's a really good player, but he's not, you know, a top 15 player. And that's how it is. So that will help. I mean, I just, yeah. I mean, I think having Levert, considering all the outside circumstances and everything that's going to happen is this is like a huge win for the front office. And it's, it's like an incremental win. And that's how the Pacers do it. They just, they make small little moves that are all positive and it all adds eventually to something. Um, now, frankly, the, the nets are going to probably be the title favorite now at this point. Assuming <laughs> Very Kyrie much returns, so. Yes. As Longest as guy re-returns and stuff like that. But you know, maybe they blow up because of three, crazy personalities, but you can't really worry about that. Um, you gotta worry about yourself. You gotta worry
1: about your own team. Worry yeah, about your own this, damn
0: team. And this right now is a move for like two years from now. They could be the better, you know, they could have, they could all, all right. the guys are peeking at the right moment. Then they could be really good. And that could be the down end of the Nets kind of dynastic run, let's say in the East.
1: Yeah. Uh, I agree with all that. Damian Lillard just, tw- someone tweeted at Damian Lillard and said, thoughts on Indy getting Karis. And Damian Lillard said, I think he's going to take off now. So, uh, someone whose opinion you might respect more than me and Adams is Damian Lillards And uh, well, the Pacers, the Pacers play the Blazers uh, tomorrow. So <laughs> maybe the Pacers we'll also have um, a pretty good track with developing
0: players in general, but particularly developing kind of the, the forward spot, right? Go with George. You can take Lance kind of was that guard forward spot. They developed a guy who was a lot of raw talent, but like was unstable and made him probably his best ever at that one point. And then you you can even add TJ Warren to that. You had a little bit of uh, Gun Robinson at times. Obviously he got hurt, but like they have a, pretty good job of developing guys who have talent even even Bogdan for an extent right he came to the Pacers as a good player but not the player that he left and he left a much better player so um the Pacers clearly trust their ability to develop guys so this is what this is is a maybe you're downgrading in kind of the clutch factor with Karras and maybe the experience factor but what you're gaining is a chance to maybe develop this guy into something even better than he is currently
1: Absolutely. So I want to look at the Pacers healthy now, right? Let's say the Pacers are fully healthy with Karras in for Victor. Do you think it's going to be Brogdon, Levert, Warren, Sabonis, Turner? Or do you think maybe they go Lavert as the spark plug awesome score off the bench and go with Justin Holiday or Jeremy Lemus starting lineup? Do you, I think he's going to be a starter for sure. I think he'll probably be the third highest usage starter, actually. But I want to know if you think that also.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see any reason he wouldn't start. Um, I agree. It just – it doesn't – yeah they don't – you know, you you would convince me that they could try to go even a smaller lineup, but the way Turner's played this year, I mean, I, I like my whole mindset has changed on on what this team could be just because I think the pairing kind of works. We've been talking right. about
1: Turbonus a lot for that exact reason.
0: Yeah, I mean, I talked about it last night on the podcast before all this broke. It just He's just been so good this year. Like there used to be times with Turner you'd be like – okay, why is he on the court at the end of this game? Maybe you don't need him. And now it's like, where is he? He needs to be out there. as defense right. is that valuable. Um, we're
1: asking – the media people, including myself, are asking Bjorken, why didn't you have Turner in the game at the end? This exactly. Season? I
0: mean, that's that's just a different mindset. Um, yep. But what it does help them do is they can now play lineups when they're fully healthy just in general of one center. They can, and they can pick the one, and they can go Lamb, him, and uh, Warren and Brogdon. And that could be interesting lamp to watch. But I, I think what could happen is he could be the first – because. He may not have the same minutes restriction and worry about injury. He could be the uh the sort of first guy subbed out, right? And then play at the bench unit a ton. And maybe you see more units where he's playing next to Aaron Holiday, stuff like that. I mean, that's been a weakness in this whole this McConnell's been at the last what three games is that their second unit till basically last night against the Warriors was kind of garbage, right? I mean, they didn't really have a true point guard a ball hander. And LeVert is more of a ball hander than, than Aaron Holiday is at least. Unless you know Aaron Holiday saw last night, every night.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, they they literally went to Aaron Holiday in the clutch last game, which
0: anyway. yeah. But we've seen not here, or there. He's played eleven <laughs> games and he's done that one time. So what's not, the, other, not you know? the time
1: for? Well, Aaron Holiday deserves credit for that, but not the time oh, for, for sure. Aaron Holiday congratulations, Yeah. So yeah, I I, I also think he starts. I think. Um, his usage will be similar to Warren's in terms of amount of times he touches the ball or is asked to finish possessions. He can be that slasher. He can create his own shot. He's capable enough in the pick and roll again, six assists per game this year. A lot of that is the volume allowing him to stay. It 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 shows you he's he's a decent passer, which is a show like maybe not even decent, but he can make like, like the the Darren Collison passes, which like Darren Collison is not like an awesome passer, but like he knows where it's supposed to go. Super efficient. Yeah. Yeah, the, the guy right there who's open here is the bump, yeah. So, I think he starts as well. I think the fully healthy Pacers now, it would be Brogdon, Levert, Warren, and the two bigs. And I think that's a good lineup. I think that makes a lot of sense. That is a huge unit. I mean, that is just arms everywhere, and I think that's going to make this team pretty good. I don't know if they could be better than they would have been with like Peak Depot, given how he played this year, but it could be close, and lavert has got three years to develop to be at a higher level than that.
0: Yeah. Do um, you want to do the cap implications? I know people are going to ask about that, and you're the cap guy. I've kind of looked them up a little bit, just just looking at next year at least. Do you Can I walk through what I think is going to happen, I guess?
1: Um, sure. I w- I'll go real quick and just say that Levert makes less than Oladipo, so they're under the tax now by enough yep. that if Sabonis makes All-NBA, which is very plausible, uh, they will still – and he gets a bonus, they will still be under the tax. So I'm sure they're very happy with that. With Yeah, go ahead.
0: So for next year, um, I believe now they have $109 million in salaries – if the luxury tax goes up to 136, I think that's the projection right now. That leaves them enough room to re-sign McDermott maybe on like a 10 to 12 million dollar deal, and have a little bit of mid-level exception room. Right. That's that's the big thing is by getting a guy who basically is making 3 or $4 million less than Vic currently and not having to pay Vic the 9 or $10 million bonus he's probably going to be in for, right? He's probably looking – Vic, I would guess the summer signs for 4 for 120 or the Rockets throw you know, 5, 190 at him even maybe but that's what he probably will sign for somewhere in the maybe 28 to $32 million range. So that's like a $16 million less player right there. Um, so and what it does is you start going forward to, so let's say Warren comes back and plays at a really high level. You, you got to reach out him in two years too. So it just sort of, it allows the team to be a little deeper next year if they want to. Now they have yep. a little bit moving room before, you know, we were talking about like, basically they're going to make a choice. This offseason. They not want to pay the luxury tax between McDermott and Old Depot, Now they can probably resign German or somebody. They maybe make a sign and trade or something of that caliber, and still use the mid-level to get a replacement if something else goes wrong. Too.
1: Are you ready for me to just rattle off some names, and then you sure. got to tell me what what is common about these names? Okay. Okay. Malcolm Brogdon, Karis Levert, T.J. Warren, Demontis Sabonis, Miles Turner, uh, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb. Uh, yeah, that's the list. What is what? Do, what do those seven players have in common?
0: They all make between ten and twenty one million dollars.
1: They are all under contract for multiple more seasons. So the Pacers have that core locked up with Karis for more than just this season with Justin McDermott and McConnell, their key rotate. I mean, I didn't even say Aaron Holiday or Edmund Sumner, right? They have so many key guys locked up for a long time that I mean they are really building something special. They've got they've got the wiggle room, they've got the assets in the team to to build what Kevin Pritchard wants to build under Bjorken. Yeah. And I think the one thing
0: we should say is they haven't slumped yet, but this team was one slump away from the Victor but thing just hanging over the whole season. Right. I mean, they've been pretty good so far. So there wasn't, hasn't been a, t- a lot of talk about the Vic what's going on with him yet, but like, you know, they could lose the next three games. We wouldn't be surprised because of West coast trip. So many games, so many nights, like it's just a tough trip. And then you got this, well, Vic didn't play two of the games. And what does that mean? And this, you know, then Brogdon played too many minutes and all, you know, that was kind of hanging. That was the kind of a hanging thing that could kind of break the service of the team in the coming days if something like that happened. And that kind of goes away now. Now there's no talk about future, who's moving where. It's, it's all about, okay, you guys are locked up. How are you going to get better next game, next game, and so on, right? You don't right. have to talk about, there's no more talk about this trade or that trade. Now, at some point, you can make a, a discussion that like they have enough salaries to make another move. But for now, these guys are locked in the rest of the season. And there's no hint that it's going to go forward from here.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I just like that they've built a core that has locked up for a while. In the NBA, that's so rare with how quickly things change and things are dynamic. It was pretty wild even that the Pacers brought back as many guys as they did this season. So really, really looking forward to seeing how this group grows, how LaVert fits in, and my final thoughts here, Oladipo, You were the star of this team during me and Adam's first year doing this podcast every day for a full season. Fantastic year. It was so fun. A lot of people flocked to this show because of you being really popular and people wanting to learn more about the team. I had an absolute blast covering the guy. He was nothing but nice to me, even though I accidentally called him Nate one time. (laughs) And (laughs) that was funny. The writing was on the wall for this to happen. I wish him nothing but the best, but it, it it was time to move on. I think we all thought he would be off the team by the trade deadline this season, so I think it's a good trade, and I I wish Victor the best of luck.
0: Yeah, and I I think that knee injury and some issues with the training staff right there would just kind of it just kind of ruined the relationship between him and the team. And but he was professional about it and carried himself and, try and built you know got himself back. I mean, really, he's back, and we'll see how he does going forward. And I honestly hope he has a great run with the Rockets, right? I hope he can you know get back to twenty five point a game, Vic, and you know maybe it's a huge contract, and maybe he's a Rocket for the next you know five or six years. Yeah. He's down in the East. He's on the East, so I don't really care.
1: <laughs> yeah, being in a bigger city, still a team with his bird rights. Maybe someone will pay him. Maybe he likes Houston. Maybe he'll get what he wants. We'll see. But this is a Pacers show. We're going to cover Karis to the best of our abilities and see where this takes us. So the Pacers play a game tomorrow against the Blazers. I highly doubt Karis Overt will be available for that game. In fact, I'm almost positive he will not be because of COVID traveling. If McConnell – Yeah, by a week, right? Been an, exactly. Until they're even home. We might not see Karis until Monday. That's neither here nor there. I already recorded pre the Depot trade a Blazers preview, so that will come out, including some all Depot talk uh, tomorrow. So have fun with that. But yes, we'll cover all things Keras next Monday later this week, and it, it stick stick around for all that. Adam, you got anything else?
0: No, I'm I'm out. I think that we went 20 minutes of something we had not planned for today, so that, that's <laughs> always the hardest.
1: You can follow this show at Locked On Pacers, Adam at Friedman Adam Five, and me at T East NBA. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoy the new era of Pacers basketball, and we will talk to you tomorrow.